Hi everyone, welcome back to Room 222 Podcast, a Canadian podcast about Canadian true crime and scandals. I'm your host, Emily, and today we're going to be diving into the story of one of Canada's youngest serial killers in history, Cody Lejkaboff. Cody Lejkaboff was 19 at the time of his first killing in 2009. All of his killings took place from 2009 to 2010, and they all were in Prince George or surrounding area of Prince George, which is in British Columbia. He killed four women, and one of those was a teenager, so technically three women, one teenager, and all of them are considered to be victims of the Highway of Tears. So, four people doesn't really sound like a lot when we think of serial killers. When I think of serial killers, I know I think of people like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer, who killed 20 plus people. But when we take a look at Canadian serial killers specifically, Canadian serial killers don't tend to kill a lot of people, they just tend to do a lot of damage. So having four people actually puts Cody at like the high end of his killings. Of course, he doesn't match up to someone like Robert Picton, who killed many, many women, but he is one of the most famous serial killers for killing four women, and because all four women are considered to be highway of tear victims that also puts him very high up on the serial killer spectrum so the highway of tears is a highway that runs through british columbia and it's most known for its missing and murdered indigenous women oftentimes when we look at the victims of the highway of tears they are indigenous they are young they are women down on their luck they're sex workers drug addicts all that type of stuff and oftentimes they go missing or they are found to be murdered. The victim list of that highway is not very high, however it is speculated that the number can be very high. They're they're just not properly reported so we don't have an accurate number of how many women actually go missing on that highway each year. But we do know that these four victims are for sure victims of the Highway of Tears. So now that we have a little backstory, let's get into the four murders of Cody Lejkaboff. He did have four victims. Um, He claims that three of them were connected in some sort of way and the last one wasn't connected to the first three. However, his story about how these three were connected are it's actually very like not sound. He has a lot of holes in his story, so we're going to talk about each individual murder first because that's how it makes the most sense, and then we'll talk about how Cody tried to defend himself and connect everything and basically try to pin the blame on someone else. So let's get into the first victim. The first victim was Jill Stacuno, who was 35 and a mother of five at the time of her disappearance and murder. She was found in a park and her cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma to the head. His second victim was Natasha Montgomery and she was 23 at the time of her disappearance and her disappearance was in August 2010, which is important. It's also important to know that Jill Stuchkino, her um, murder was in 2009, so there's a big gap in between Jill's and Natasha's murder. So he did have a little bit in time in between each one and her body was ever never actually found but police did find sheets clothing they found a shirt and a pair of shorts and also an axe which is big evidence 
in Lejkabov's apartment, all of them had her DNA on it, so they were able to link that murder back to her, even though they never found the body. Cody's third victim was Cynthia Mass, and she was 35 at the time of her disappearance, which was in September 2010, so a much shorter gap from his second victim, but still about a month gap in between, and her body was found a month later, so in October, and it was also in a park. So Cody claims that all three of these women were connected. All three of them were known to be sex workers down on their luck. Luck. Some of them were drug addicts just trying to get by. Cody claims that um, him and a group of three other men picked them up for sexual acts in exchange for money, and the three other men were actually the ones who murdered them. So he claims that um, he didn't name them because he didn't want to be known as a rat in prison, so he named them XYZ, and he claimed that X. Um, ordered the murder of Jill and also Natasha Montgomery and he said he just stood by and watched as they murder them and then he claims that Mass, Cynthia, who was found in the park, he claimed that they picked her up, put her in a truck, Cody went along with it and then she was still alive when they arrived at the park and Cody handed one of the men a logging tool and watched him kill her and he tried to claim that he felt guilty he didn't know how he got himself in this situation and that he really just didn't know what was going on and he was basically just a bystander for all three of these murders so you know that's a great story and all but there are a lot of holes in this story because all of these murders did take place at different times it's very hard to say that Sukuno's murder was linked with Montgomery because they ha happened almost a year apart. So it's very hard for him to say, oh yeah, we picked all three of them up, when the timeline just really doesn't add up. So it is unknown whether there were actually three men with him or if he just did this on his own and he was trying to get some of the weight lifted off his shoulders and try and put the blame on someone else, which is very likely. We see that a lot in serial killers. Oftentimes they try and blame like their parents for making them the way they are or they blame like a friend for convincing them or something. So in this case we see Cody trying to co put the blame on three other men. So yeah, his last victim was not connected to these other three at all. The last victim, in my personal opinion, is the saddest of this whole case. It's, like, one of the worst. She is very young, and you can see just how Cody preys on her. So the last victim was Lauren Leslie, and she was only 15 at the time of her murder, which was in November 2010. So his second, third, and fourth victim, you can all see they all happened within a month of each other. So very quickly for a serial killer. Cody met her on a website called Nexopia, and they had chatted on there for a while, they became friends, and they arranged to meet up. Cody promised to buy alcohol and all that type of stuff. So Cody picked her up, and he claimed that they had consensual sex, which even if it was consensual, it's still a little gross considering he was 19 at the time and she was 15. So according to the law, that would still be consensual, or that would still be rape. 
because of the age gap. So consensual or not, it's still very gross. And we do have no way of telling if it was consensual. Consensual With Cody, we truly cannot know. The man likes to make things up. So, um, so after they had what he claims to be consensual sex, he claims that he she picked up a pipe and started hitting herself. So she reached into the back of the truck, grabbed a pipe, started hitting herself, and he just stood by and watched. After that, he said she got out of the car and stabbed herself, and then he claimed to hit her over the head several times. He later admitted that she did not do that. He did it all on his own. He was just trying to make it look less um, worse on him, basically, which it's already a very hard story to believe. Um... Another fact about Leslie, she was legally blind. She was fully blind in one eye and 50% blind in the other. So his story also has a little holes in it for this one because how would Leslie be able to reach these things and know where they are and pick them up to hurt herself? She cannot see even with glasses, so she wouldn't be able to do that. Cody also hold the, hold the power over her because she was not able to see, so... He could get away with a lot of things and her body was found in a gravel pit just outside of prince george and it's actually her case that got cody caught so this last murder took place in november and after his the murder of leslie he was driving around and the rcmp pulled him over for a routine traffic stop and that's when they noticed that he had blood on his face as well as a pool of blood in his truck. And some sources also say that he had the tools that were used to kill her just lying in the back of the truck covered in blood. However, I cannot confer, find a source to fully confirm that. And so, of course, they took him in, questioned him, and then they were able to link all the murders back to him and label him as a serial killer of these four women. So after all that happened, Cody of course went to court, the families were notified, everything. He originally pled guilty to four counts of second degree murder because he claimed that he was at all four murders but did not commit them. So like with the first three women, he claimed it was three other men. With the the last victim, he claimed that she did it and he just basically helped at the end. And this plea, of course, was rejected because his story had so many holes in it and it wasn't very believable. Cody was sentenced to life in prison with no parole for 25 years and he was found on four accounts of first degree murder. So that is the case of story, the case of Cody Lechkoboff, one of the youngest serial killers in Canadian history. So, he was 19 at the time of his killings, he wasn't the youngest, the youngest was actually 17, so, although it seems pretty young to be killing, he's not in, like, the Guinness World Records books as, like, the youngest killer. But, yeah, that's the story of Cody, I hope you enjoyed. Tune in next time for another Canadian true crime and scandal story, and hope you enjoyed.